But this show isn't for kids. So if you're under 18 years old, then fuck off. Yeah, get out of here. So, uh... Okay. There's a there's a live-action year without a Santa Claus. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> yeah. I am... I am deeply concerned as to who thought it was a good idea. Heat Miser... They do the Snow Miser Heat Miser bullshit. You know, the song... They yeah. Call me Snow Miser... Yeah. Except it doesn't work very well. Yeah, Snow Miser sounds fine. He seems like just a gayer version of Snow Miser. But then they made the decision of making Heat Miser sound like he's been smoking for 80 years. Just 30 packs a day. Damn. It is the weirdest shit. Like, John Goodman, I think it was, fucking plays Santa Claus. And <laughs> you know you know the old lady from Kimmy Schmidt? Yeah. Yeah, she was Mother Nature. Oh, uh, you know, I, I can see that. I can see that, too. I can also see John Goodman as Santa Claus. That doesn't mean it should happen. Yeah, th- that's true. Well, that's not the worst choices I've ever seen. I, you know what? If they had to make a cash grab, I get it. And they, I don't think they grabbed any cash, but they certainly tried. Welcome to the Animation Appreciation Club. I'm Natalie. I'm Bree. I'm exhausted. <laughs> and I am slowly falling apart at the seams. This will be an interesting I, episode. I am slowly dying right now. So, today we watched... King of the Hill, Soldier of Misfortune. And Mystery Skulls, Ghost. Yeah. Okay, so Soldier of Misfortune. Now I am not familiar with King of the Hell, but I I take it you are. Yeah, I'm a decent amount familiar with the show. I watched it a lot growing up because I would watch whatever my parents are watching. Mm. And my dad watched King of the Hill a lot. It's kind of one of those um, Sunday night Fox cartoons. That happened to me with The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. This episode is about Dale, the which Dale is his name, right? <laughs> yes, Dale Gribble. Or when he's like undercover, it's Rusty Shackleford. So Rusty Shackleford, uh, who is the president of the Gun Owners Association. Yes. He's trying to become the president again after a vote, but he's being like fought by this dude who has been to prison and he's still like for violent crime and he still legally can have his gun. This dude, I know this dude is like a Rambo parody. Well, it's also, I kind of, well, I would kind of assume, like, being Texas, he just didn't care about the law. Oh, it's in Texas. Yes, this show takes place in Texas. I didn't know where this this took place. That just, like, throws out all of my criticisms. Texas, 
Texas is definitely going to allow a man that was in prison for violent crimes to still legally have a gun. <laughs> I, I like how you're like, well, time to throw out the page of criticisms because yeah. fuck Texas, time man. Time to throw what out the a page of criticisms because that makes sense for Texas. Also, um, one of my first notes here says Dale's a merc. I did not. I have not watched the show before, so I didn't realize that was a joke. Uh, oh, I knew it was a joke, but I didn't know it was like a joke that wasn't grounded in the show's fiction. I didn't. I didn't know it was like an episode joke until I yeah. saw him being just extremely inept at his job. Yeah. Well, although that's not super uncommon for Dale, he's kind of like bad at everything. But I love it. That I I relate. Um, also, this whole, the whole, like, inciting incident for this, like, Dale had the, had the vote in the fucking bag until he decides to tell this story, then flips around his gun and just drops it and it shoots. Dale, you always do gun flips with the safety on, you fucking buffoon. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're going to shoot something immediately afterward, you always flip the gun with the safety on. That's that's just common sense as a gun owner who likes tricks. Yeah, but Dale is a fucking redneck moron. I mean, I guess so. Like, I don't know. Seems about right for Southern Oregon, too, so I, I can't judge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then after Dale does this... Fucking one of the dudes just goes and spills his cookies on the floor. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. I don't know if I'm more mad about the gun shooting the cash register or the fucking cookies. Because everyone was, like, sucking Dale's dick about the cookies before. Everyone was loving the cookies. Yeah. And then he shoots a gun accidentally and almost hurts someone. And the cookies are on the floor. <laughs> Shaking Dude, my head. also, I love... <laughs> like how he's bullshitting stories about like assassinating a dictator something Dude, yeah. about that joke it was just so good hank is the main character right yes okay i love hank's obsession with the propane like oh. i didn't realize how how deep it ran <laughs> until he said the quote hey dale you look down for someone who is in a propane dealership <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah and <laughs> Like, I did not realize the writing of this show was as good as it is. Oh, my God. Like, no, this show's amazing. You should check out more episodes. I should. I kind of stayed away from it when I was younger because the animation was, like, very stilted. But as I've grown older, that I've realized that's more of, a, like, a stylistic choice and less of, like, them not wanting to... Or less of them, like, not being able to do something big. Yeah. Because um... it is very well animated in its own right. Oh, yeah, yeah, kind of in its own thing. And this show comes from creator Mike Judd, who also did Beavis and Butthead. So you can kind of see that this is oh, his yeah. style. This is just, like, how yeah. his animation works. This is his gig. Kind of like the opposite of Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Yeah, yeah, that's the a good one. The polar opposite of Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Yeah, where it's not so fluid. But it also yeah. kind of goes where it's not an outlandish cartoon. It's kind of... Yeah. Down to earth and more it, it, realism. The style fits very well for what it's doing. Yes. I, I bring this up again as in my notes. How is Mad Dog legally allowed to own a gun, legally allowed to be a part of a gun owner's club? I kind of assume. And run for president of the gun owner's club. 
I kind I of assume that he might have been lying about the extent of his violent crimes, or it's Texas. Very possibly. I mean, true, it's Texas. That's everything. And Mad Dog. Mad Dog is doing doing really well here. He has both the black vote and the gay vote. Fucking Earl. <laughs> oh my god, that was so fucking good. That that was that that was honestly a a, de- a decent joke. Oh my god! <laughs> like, I think it would have been like worse if Earl was just like some sort of stereotypically flamboyant bo- like gay boy, but no, he's just a dude. Yeah, you. <laughs> and like, that's what makes it good. If this was like Family Guy or some shit, he would it would have done like a cutaway like a oh, hey boys, but no, no, Earl's just some dude, and yeah. like, that's great. He's just a dude that likes guns and has a husband. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. No, a lot of the jokes on this show hit like on the target. Like there's yeah. a later where like you said with Hank and his propane um it's you know when Dale's talking about the extent of his mistake he's like, "Oh, it's like if you did a propane pitch but forgot about throwing a talk about this attachment and she's like, Oh no, Dale, don't even don't even insinuate that. <laughs> and then right after, you know, he's talking to Hank about the depths of his mistake, he like accidentally sprays insecticide in a dude's face. Because Dude, he's yeah. yeah, he's um an exterminator. Mm. Oh, here it is. It's like if you forgot convenient warming plate in a sales pitch i did write it down it's like if you oh yeah it's like if you forgot convenient warming plate in a sales pitch but i would never yeah (laughs) and so the scene with like dale just stripping down and taking off all of his weapons (laughs) that made me just so jealous of this idiot oh my god man i wish i had as many knives as he did like dude this is probably showing the hick in me, but I yeah. love weaponry. Oh, yeah. Especially knives, because they oh have a purpose other than killing something. Oh, my God. He has so many. <laughs> it's such a good joke, too, because, like, this, yeah. there's always, there's this meme where it's, like, on a scale of Ned Stark to Katniss Everdeen, how much do you trust the government? And then someone said Dale Gribble, and it's a picture of him with a knife in his mouth. <laughs> It just shows the depths of his, like, fanaticism with, uh, conspiracies. Yeah, uh, what I hate, though, is that, uh, Dale, stop being naked in this episode. You're naked, like, twice, maybe three times in this episode. Yeah, he, he has no shame. Stop being naked. And I like, so later, after this, they're trying to give him back his confidence, and they're having a speech about it, kind of. <laughs> and it's like, Peggy's going on, it's like, well, this kind of took his manhood away, and it's like, yeah, like his a penis? gun is a penis substitute. Yeah, and it's like, how do we give Dale back his penis? And that line killed me. Killed me. <laughs> like, everyone in this show is kind of an asshole, but it, like in a likable way. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> Holy like, shit, this feels, that line. Th- this feels like if Seinfeld was trying to be more down to earth, then it would be something similar to this. Yeah. Not a show about nothing. That that was that was Seinfeld, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure. Okay, t- tangent tangent. Seinfeld was never supposed to be a show about nothing. 
That was just some dumb marketing ploy. What it really was was a show about how a comedian gets his material because he was always doing the stand-up and it would relate to the show. Yeah. Like his stand-up, it would relate to the episode, you know? And it has a three-act structure. It makes sense. It's a show. Yeah, there can't be a show about nothing that's interesting, except for our podcast. Hi, I'm Natalie, you know, from the podcast. Be sure to watch our podcast, The Animation Appreciation Club. Watch it with your ears. <laughs> you betcha. Uh, anyway, uh, what's the name of the dude that's balding in the in the windbreaker, or in the, not windbreaker, in the wife beater? Bill. Bill? I, I liked the joke in the car when they were like, starting to get the plan going for Dale, da- Dale reclaiming his penis <laughs> with uh fucking Bill going I'm hungry and fucking H- Hank replying well we'll get a snack after and then he just immediately is like I'm horny <laughs> what the fuck dude Bill this guy you need to watch is, more episodes because there are so many he feels like, like an sp- incel Oh. But, like, he's too stupid to actually be an incel. Yeah, he's less of an incel and more of a doof, I would say. Because he, he's not, mm. like, ever misogynistic, except for maybe a joke. But he's just doofy. Mm. And fat. And I was so surprised, because uh, what they're doing is... Uh, Hank is playing Mr. Big <laughs> as to get Dale to try to s- steal, quote-unquote, a silver briefcase... <laughs> From under the seats in, what was it? Like a DMV or something? Something. It's like a train station. Yeah, something like that. Oh my god. And then he just steals some other dude's briefcase. And this is where the pocket sand meme comes from. I love it. That's why I chose this episode. I did not know that this was where the pocket sand meme came from. Pocket For a sand. long time, I thought the pocket sand thing was a was a thing from Hank's son. No, it's dead. I don't know why I thought that, but that was like how it was amalgaming in my mind. But this was where Pocket Sand came from. Oh my god. (laughs) And like seeing that, I had to pause the episode and just sit there in existential terror for like several minutes. (laughs) No, I love this episode. Me and my cousin Carell have had like, we always joke about Pocket Sand. It's so, oh my god. Dale, he steals a dude's briefcase, throws Pocket Pocket Sand in his face, then he just jumps onto the onto the bus, makes an escape, opens it up. He's like, oh, man, here's a teddy bear. Oh, man, there must be drugs in the teddy bear. <laughs> oh, nope, I'm going to rip the head open. No drugs. I'm even going to sniff it to make sure. And then he's like, oh, this is this is going to this is someone trying to get me. So he fucking jumps out of a moving bus and then almost is hit by Hank. Dude, Dale's a badass. But he's too dumb to, like, do anything actually cool. Imagine if this guy was competent. Like, the cool shit that would get to... If he was competent, he'd just be James Bond. Oh my god, yeah. Like, there's (laughs) very few, like, degrees of separation between James Bond... And Dale Gribble. And Dale Gribble. Also, uh, while we're on the subject... Quit playing with your water, MacGuffins! Bad kitty, you're getting it everywhere! You got water on my pants. Bad kitty. That that might make it into the episode. We'll see. <laughs> Running joke. Brie yelling at her foster cat. Uh, what's the name of the guy who doesn't speak? He just mumbles. Is oh, that, um, Boomhauer. Boomhauer. Yeah. Boomhauer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's just take this opportunity to say I enjoy the Boomhauer joke. Oh my god! Just like his entire character. If, if you enjoy the Boomhauer joke, 
watch the first episode because I won't give the joke away, but there's one that is gold. Then Dale, after all this, Dale is just like, oh, I know. Mad Dog is Mr. Big. <laughs> so he goes to Mad Dog's house. No, he doesn't go to Mad Dog's house yet. He's running away while everyone else is like, he's he thinks it's Mad Dog. We're going to have to go to Mad Dog's house and make him not be dead. <laughs> Couldn't you just call the police? No. Also, but to backtrack just a little bit, right before like they call Dale to give him the mission, he's like with his turtle and he fucking licks it. Oh yeah. I don't even remember like why he did that, but he just He just did. Licks. So Mad Dog is basically just a Rambo parody, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, Mad Dog's a Rambo parody, and he's a very well-done one at that. Yeah. Uh, I In my notes, again, I ask why Mad Dog is part of the gun club when he is a criminal. And then he, like, just straight up makes all three of the characters that aren't Dale hostages. Oh, yeah. But also, so Dale's, like, when he thinks that Mr. Biggs is Mad Dog, but he hasn't gone yet. He thinks that, like, they're gonna kill him because of, like, the drugs thing. He's like, I'm not a mule. Oh, no, I don't have the drugs. You guys, you have families, and you're important. You need to go. Bill, you can stay or go. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Damn! Bill just seems like such a sad boy. Dude. Uh, he just, like, starts packing up his life and his son is like being forced to move yeah everything. and like um he's using hank's truck so bobby comes up and he's like what are you doing and he's like i'm helping your dad pack up he's probably leaving your mother and it's partially your fault <laughs> <laughs> like there's a lot of good one-liners in this oh my in this episode. god like oh my lord uh, <laughs> he's gonna leave your mom and it's partially your fault holy shit because like Bobby believed him. Yeah, Bobby was just like, he's nearly in tears. And then he's like, now now go take the couch. Go help my son take the couch. And, and anyway, like, so later, uh, after fucking Mad Dog captures our three main boys, Dale is just like, what? They, they're captured? Oh, no. <laughs> then Dale, like somehow just becomes the most competent person in the world well because like this conspiracy like shit like this like oh man i gotta like go on a mission save these people he can make this shit work when it like actually like matters not always but for the most part so then just he dumb like, luck. does something clever like first he's able to sneak past just all of mad dog's traps then we think he gets caught by Mad Dog. He starts making references to the CIA, talking about how flowers are going to come for uh, Mad Dog. And then a bunch of bouquets, <laughs> like a bunch of flower delivery men just start coming up. And Mad Dog, being such a paranoid Rambo, he believes Dale and thinking that's the CIA. And then Dale is just like, oh, I don't have my money, but uh, that dude will pay for him. <laughs> and so they chase him. Yeah, they like, chase oh, him man. down in their cars. And like he thinks the bouquets are guns. It's really good. Yeah, the, the conclusion to this was really good. And also, Mad Dog sets off all these like bombs and Dale gets Boomhauer and Hank out. 
<laughs> so when the cabin blows up, he's like, oh, did we untie Bill? And they didn't. He's just like, I'm okay. I just fell down the hole again. And then Dale uses his fake CIA thing to get reelected. But, like, he modifies it to say that it was the real CIA. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because, like, every now everyone thinks he's, like, some sort of CIA operative and fucking... Oh. Yeah, it's really good. And he, like, pressures them into re-electing him. Like, well, you do owe me. Just like, well, he was like, oh, I'll only send him after him if you, uh, if you, uh, re-elect me. Only a president can send me, can send him back. Dale doesn't come out of this looking any better than my first impressions of him. He's just sort of, like, mildly more altruistic than he first appeared. Kinda. Yeah. As a woman who knows nothing about the show. Yeah, okay, like, yeah, yeah. Because this, this dude's he's just... He's mildly more altruistic than I thought he was. But he's definitely just, like, some asshole that's full of himself. He's just a dick. Next up, we've got Mystery Skulls. Ghost. Cause the world might do me in. It's alright. I'm with friends. Cause I'm giving up again. It doesn't matter. this back in my tumblr days you know back before tumblr started purging all the pornography this brings up a segment that i like to call natalie gushes about a music video for entirely too long yeah to be honest i really only um wrote some notes about plot i however wrote down every little thing this this whole cartoon this whole cartoon i've i followed mystery ben like back when i was into my little pony shit and like i was really worried that this wouldn't hold up to my new, more sensible eyes, watching things such as She-Ra, Princess of Power. This cartoon is a parody of Scooby-Doo. Yeah, it yeah, is, that was cool. It is absolutely wonderful. Like, it captures the essence of a Scooby-Doo cartoon while still, like, being very much its own thing. Yeah, oh my god, it was... I'm glad that it didn't have, like, the same number of people in the party. yeah. Like, what they started out with, uh, I know all of the characters' names because I like this shit too much and follow everything as a child. Uh, so, as I say as a child, this was like when I was 14. Uh, the characters we have, in place of Scooby, we have the character Mystery, who is a dog. We'll get into him more later. Then we have, in place of Shaggy, but actually, from this point on, all three characters are kind of mixed together. So, like, Arthur is sort of a mixture of Shaggy and Velma, with uh, Velma being sort of a mixture of... Or v Vivi being sort of a mixture of Velma and Daphne, with a little bit of Shaggy, like, gluttony and laziness mixed in there. Arthur is the one that, that like, does the, does the van, and, like, he has a robot arm. That comes into play a lot later. But, uh, so... We open on this fucking beautiful, like, title card that then goes down to the bus that's just jumping, hitting potholes to the beat, and it's so good. It was. I like the way that all the characters, like, nod. Like, the way it's they so move. so alive and bouncy. They go through so much effort to make sure this sounds good. This looks good. It's not just going up and down 
the entire model with a squash and stretch, which would be very easy in Flash. But instead, they animate the hair, the clothing separately to make it feel like it's more natural. And, oh, it's so good. Yeah. The animation really was, like, damn near perfect. And then, like, the lightning effects that become sort of a motif throughout the series. Yeah. Yeah. It's a series. They're so nice. And next up, as they're driving on, oh, look, there's a ghost mansion. This, that, oh, man, ghost mansion. Well, we think it's just a regular mansion at first. Yeah, as the beat starts to, like, ramp up, the candles start lighting up as the drum hits. And it is so iconic. Just the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And then the chandelier. Oh, my God, yeah. With these beautiful purple flames, which the color palette seems so alien and so beautiful. And and then we move and we see the reactions of our of our leads. And I love how like Vivi is just excited. She's super excited to see this like haunted mansion. While mystery shows more like apprehension and sort of like not wanting to be there. While Arthur is just showing straight up just fear and guilt. Oh my and god. that all comes into play later as we learn more about them. Because we learn so much about these people in just this one four minute cartoon. And then like we see our first appearance of the heart ghosts. I've never known them as anything besides the heart ghosts. Apparently yeah. they have names. But there's these like really these purplish pink ghosts that make like appear as sort of running theme throughout the cartoons. Oh, that comes into play more in the later cartoons. In this one, it's more just, oh, hey, look, they're cool ghosts that are a reference to Rhythm Hen- Heaven. And then as the ghosts like start being spooky, Vivi just her face immediately changes like, oh, shit, this is actually dangerous. I'm going to die. And then that goes into the first time where they're all like running away. And every time they run away, they go through a repeating hallway as a a small reference to Scooby-Doo. Yeah. And like that was pretty uh, clever. Then then we have this scene of the of these paintings that like come to life and spook them. And the paintings are all references from left to right. There's uh, Miles Edgeworth from Ace Attorney, uh, the Luchador from River from Rhythm Heaven the exorcist from the live action music video for this song and rarity from milo pony which um miles edgeworth the luchador and uh rarity all reference mystery ben 27's earlier work because his one of the first things he did was a fan animation for ace attorney and that went on later as the first music video he did for mystery skulls was a fan-made music video using modified assets from Ace Attorney. And the Luchador oh. from Riven Heaven and Rarity from MLP actually go together or as one reference because before he made the Mystery Skulls videos, he was most known as a My Little Pony creator. That's actually how I first found him. Before oh, wow. he even uploaded the... Yeah, before he even uploaded the first Mystery, uh, Mystery Skulls. Yes, yeah, see, I know, like, nothing about this. All of his MLP videos... Like, up after a certain point, all of his MLP videos were recreating minigames from the Riven, Rhythm Heaven series. With the most popular being the, wabba dabba da is that true? Whoa, you go, big guy. Ah, <laughs> uh, which, I, 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 this is a tangent, but I saw something on Twitter recently that was so good. Oh, boy. It was the, it was that minigame, except recreated with an Isabel and two, uh, Incineroars. Huh. It, it was so cute. I, I 
I retweeted it, so you should check it out. And you guys should, too. There will be more information about how you can do that at the end of the episode. Oh, boy. Like, and it's so good. And, of course, the Exorcist from the live-action ghost music video is just the Exorcist from the live-action ghost music video. I don't think I need to explain the reference there. Watch the, Don't watch the live-action ghost music video. It is not good. <laughs> this one's way good. This one is extremely good. And, like... Uh, and then there's another scene of just them like spooked as they fall through uh, this mysterious ethereal place and they pass by mirrors. In each of these mirrors, we see some truth about them that we hadn't seen before. We start out with mystery where nothing can be seen. And we can imply by Arthur that or by Arthur having one arm missing that it's sort of their true selves that we're seeing, their true souls. Mystery is so powerful that he breaks the glass. And Vivi has no eyes in her reflection. The eyes come into play more in the later parts of this, but we still do get some hints as to why she doesn't have her eyes in that. Like, at first there were some fan theories that, oh, it's because she has glasses, so so her eyes are broken, like his arm is broken. But, like... That's since been thrown out. And then we see just Arthur. Just spiky hair, Super Saiyan boy. <laughs> fallen, hits the ground, and then a coffin opens, revealing the skeleton man. The skeleton man just fucking, just, ah, uh, he, he has this slow, built-up reaction until it cuts back and forth between him and uh, fucking Arthur, just back and forth. And then his pompadour appears. Oh, boy. And then this is when you realize that the entire song in this context is from the ghost's perspective. And it's partially about him trying to make peace with his past. Yeah. Oh, my. And boy, boy, is is there a lot to unpack with that. Yeah, there is. And we'll get into that. And that the moment you realize this is just... With a single hand or single arm movement, where there's the line, and I'm feeling like a ghost. Fuck, it's you I hate the most. And he points right at Arthur, and that's when it all comes together, and everything is so good. And then Arthur just fucking starts jumping, running away on beat. With the same repeating hallway in the background, even though it makes no sense where they are. And then it cuts back to, like, making more sense after that. So it's clearly, like, a reference. And it's so good. (laughs) It also saves them a little bit of time, but it's so good. Yeah. And then we catch Vivi and Mystery trying to eat their sandwiches in the kitchen of this haunted manor which exists you know because ghosts need to eat and just they're not able to eat their sandwiches because arthur is like hey uh ghost let's run away and so they run away and then mystery who's at the end at the back of the pack stops at a mirror and this mirror shows what seems like almost a recording of the ghost's death where we learn that this ghost is none other then the Fred of the group, whose name is Lewis in this. I forget his last name, but he has a last name. And he is with Vivi, and we see that Arthur is extremely jealous of Vivi and Lewis. And some evil force 
something that we don't we still don't know what it is overcomes Arthur and starts taking control of him pushing Lewis into a, a spiky death pit before mystery turns into a fucking kitsune and just cuts off Arthur's arm oh my god dude this whole scene was just like edge of the seat for me I mean me too honestly and and then uh, after that happens, we cut back and everyone stopped trying to get to the car. But Vivi and Lewis almost reconnect. Vivi almost sees who it is. She holds his heart in her hands. And then she's pulled back again by Arthur. Then there's one last shot inside the mansion. With Lewis looking sad, his heart now broken with the reveal that inside was a picture of him and Vivi mm-hmm. back when they were alive and happy and the entire thing is so close to closure but tragic and it's still only the first part of a story yeah. that has three parts currently but is still continuing and each part is better than the last. I can't wait to do the other two parts in the show because uh man this this cartoon hit more emotional beats for me than I could even describe. Mhm. It yeah, everything's just so there and like perfect and the pulse and the beat it just goes together like a perfect puzzle. This is how you make a story music video. You know, this is how you make something that fits with the theme of the music and tells its own story. You know, it feels like the music video to Gautier's Bronte, where it's not the same meaning as the original song, but it doesn't need to be. It recontextualizes it to make itself even better. Like, this is undeniably something that, like, you need to watch before YouTube dies. (laughs) And YouTube's dying pretty fast. I mean, people have been saying that for, like, a decade at this point. Well, but, like, 58 million videos were just, like, kind of taken down. Most of them for no reason. Like, Mumpkey Jones's channel termination. People are... Oh, yeah, poor Mumpkey. Yeah, people are starting to go over to Pornhub right now. Oh, yeah, people are starting to go over to Pornhub. I have, man... (laughs) What if the final part of Mystery Skulls just ends up being posted on Pornhub? It should. <laughs> also, Pornhub is getting a bunch of, like, Tumblr people, too. Yeah, and they, like, on because, their Twitter, like, they invited them. They're like, we have free speech. We don't yeah. care. Well, and they were like, we have fucking, we have a monetization system. We have a way that you can post your art really well. We have an active community and fan base. Come over here. Yeah, I know. And Newgrounds did the same thing. Newgrounds is like gaining a second life because Tumblr is dying. <gasps> I'm, I am ready. Dude, me too. I already made a Newgrounds account. I've yet to make a Pornhub <laughs> account though. But if I do, you know where you'll find me. Hell yeah, dude. Okay, uh, so like overall, I think both of these are considerably better than anything that we watched within the previous episode that we've released. What? 
You mean it's better than equestrian girls? I don't know if yeah. I'm on board with that. I'm saying it's better than the horse show for little girls. I'm saying the music video that made me cry is better than... Uh, what was the other thing we watched? Girls Bravo. Yeah, I'm saying that the music video that made me cry is better than the uh, titty show. <laughs> I'm saying that. Yeah, both of these are... Uh, I, I know you're being sarcastic, so I'm just going to ignore you. Uh, <laughs> How dare you? Both of these are amazing. And, well, I think I'm a bit more biased to Mystery Skulls than I am to King of the Hill. King of the Hill was a very, very good episode, though. Oh, uh, yeah. It just, yeah. It, it was funny. It was interesting. It I had no idea where it was going half the time. And it all made sense. I almost, like, I can't, like, compare these because they're both so different. And, like, for what yeah. they are... Like, King of the Hill, like, for what it is, it does it perfectly. For what Mystery Schools is, it's doing it perfectly. So, I think I'd rate King of the Hill a Dale. Please stop getting naked out of six. Yeah. And I think I'd rate Ghost, a crying girl in the fetal position in the corner of the room, out of me. I agree with both of those, and I don't have a counter, thanks. You just described it perfectly. <laughs> So thank you for listening to episode two of the Animation Appreciation Club podcast. Next episode is our Christmas special, actually. Yeah, we have a year without a Santa Claus. And porn. You see, here in the Animation Appreciation Club offices, we think Christmas is just a little bit too wholesome and a little bit too innocent. So, you know, we're going to give a Christmas gift to you where we're going to review every year only the worst of the worst with hentai. Oh yeah. And this episode we've got we've got a definite contender. We've got Maids in Dream. Hell yeah. So until next time, uh, if you want, you can reach out to the Animation Appreciation Club at Any App Podcast on Twitter. That is at A N I A P P Podcast. You can also find me at. Selenophobics, that is S-E-L-E-N-O-P-H-O-B-I-C-S on Twitter. I am obviously not Brie. Obviously not, and Brie is spelled B-R-E because my first account was obviously not Brie, B-R-I, but Twitter claimed that I was under 13 when I made the account, which wasn't even true. Yeah, I think you also talked about that. Is that just going to be every, every episode you talk about that? I didn't remember talking about it last episode, but it's just like it's happened to so many people. Yeah. I'm also on Instagram is obviously not Brie. Brie there is spelled B-R-I-E, like the cheat. And I'm on Instagram as Selenophobia. S-E-L-E-N-A-P-H-O-B-I-A. Yeah, that's all I have. There's no after these messages this episode because we have yet to get any sponsors. And that's okay. If you would like to sponsor us, then please contact us at club at gmail.com. Thank you for coming to the club. Until next time, I've been Natalie. I've been Bree. And keep on watching.